Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, this episode, we are continuing our series on the Vex. Um, our previous episode was kind of a primer on the Vex as a whole, um, just because it's it's important to understand what they are and how they function and what the heck is up with Vex time travel. <laughs> uh, before you really, before we can even start getting into their interactions within the world, um, you know, with with a good. Uh, a good sense of like what's going on and why it's important. So uh, if you ha- usually I don't say this for our series, but if you haven't listened to the previous one, you're going to want to before this one. Very, very technical. The the first episode was yes, less, less, less of a historical timeline. And again, like what you're saying with the, the whole how Vex time travel works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What, I, I like that you called this, uh, the next episode and not in, in the series and not like <laughs> we're continuing our history of the Vex because the history of the Vex is also the present, which is also the future. It's, it's kind of confusing if you don't listen to the first episode. So please definitely go listen to the first episode and then come back to this one. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, we are going to now be going through uh, where the Vex appear in the destiny universe chronologically in uh, relative to us, relative to to our guardians' understand linear understanding of time, I like um, that. So uh, before we get into their first appearance, though, something that we didn't mention in the primer episode that I I do want to mention here is the various kind of groups within the Vex. So. The Vex, as we know, are a, a collective mind, which means uh, they all share thoughts, but they don't all have the same thoughts. Uh, and <clears throat> along with that, there are also different groups that are designated to have different jobs uh, based on their location or you know a particular function that needs to happen. Uh, an access mind is... Uh, assigned to that job, and then the access mind manages all of the goblins and hobgoblins and harpies and such uh, that they require to accomplish that. All, all just one giant IT project, right? Yes. <laughs> very, <laughs> very similar. I, I love that you like thought about it for a second. It was like, holy shit, yep, that's 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 correct. Yep, yep. Uh, Few can boast to be as successful as the Vex, though. Yeah, yeah. Definitely have the most efficient throughput, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but so there's a couple of different groups within the Vex that have been assigned these different uh, specific jobs or, or directives. Uh, and each of those groups is referred to as a collective. Um, there are actually quite a few collective spread throughout the Vex uh, that we are aware of, and I'm sure many that we are not, because the Vex, again, are intergalactic. They're spread throughout the entirety of the universe. Uh, We just deal with the ones in the soul system. So uh, to go through those real quick, uh, the soul collective is the collective that is uh, the general Vex found across 
the solar system. I so that's any any goblin, hobgoblin, hydra, minotaur. Um, is there anything above that? Uh, wyvern, I guess. Oh, wyvern. Yep. 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 Uh, oh, and then the the I guess the bigger. I don't know what to call them. They're like a it, the same frame that is uh, Atheon, the kind of like bigger, almost oh, giant Minotaur. Yeah, because um, there's one inside the one strike. Lords? Is that? I gu- oh I guess yeah, we yeah, call yeah. Those gate lords. lords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the one you get in in D one where he's like, "Go get the head of the Gate Lord," and yep. you're like, "Oh shit, I got to deal with this." And then also in the strike, um, God, what's the D two one? Inverted Spire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one that the cabal drilled into and was like, "Oh shit!" And the Vex are like, "Hey, cut that out! You, you stop that!" <laughs> yeah, and, and I then guess the guardians that, are like, "Oh shit, we got to fix this now too." That's an important thing to note. Um, so that one is still considered an Axis mind. Um, okay. So Axis mines are not all the Hydra uh, frames. They can be whatever frame they deem necessary as like the most um you know the most equipped for whatever their their job is okay Uh, so whereas we associate goblin hobgoblin minotaur with like a very particular frame um once you get to the point of access mind it's it's much more fluid it's it's they can be whatever they need to be it's just that they are the ones that are the a the primary kind of conduit to um transition information from the collective to atheon and and back um and you know they then uh, are in a way giving orders to the the uh, frames under them in the hierarchy okay I, I guess that's a question i don't i don't know if, i don't remember if i asked this last time or not as far as like a hierarchy is is like when we think of the the hives, we 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 are, or when we think of the hive as as a hierarchy, we always think of well, the thralls are feeding the the acolytes, the acolytes are feeding the knights, the knights are feeding the wizards, the wizards are feeding the sisters, the sisters are feeding the worms, and the worms are feeding mommy's idol, and so it's all just like a a, a everything works up to a higher level with the with the collective um, mentality of the vex. Is there that type of structure? Does it? Does everything actually is Atheon like the mommy's idol, and everything kind of filters down below him, or is it just that true sense of a collective of like everything is just doing everything, just because that's what's required to propagate the pattern and survive? Yeah, it it's a little column A, a little column B. Um, so yes, Atheon is kind of the central point where all of this information is being siphoned to, to be processed and then disseminated throughout the the network. Um, but there is not a, like there, there's no emotion. There's no feeling of superiority. There's no feeling of like, oh, I am an sure. inferior frame to the Minotaur above me. It right. for, for the Vex, they all have the same objective. And, it may just be that a goblin knows that it's fun. It is, it is doing what is best to propagate the pattern, but it's function in that equation may be of a lower priority than the Minotaur's function and so on and so on. I, I think that's what makes the Vex truly the scariest thing to fight because it's not like, Oh, I'm just going to kill this general. And now that side of the army doesn't know what to do. Nope. They just, they just pick the slack right back up. Yep. Like there's no, 
there's no weak point, or at least I, I mean, Atheon is probably the the best we could do with a weak point. But then right. they were just, you know, like 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 the idea that I had the the on the previous episode was like we're killing Atheon over and over again because we don't know if we're killing a simulation of Atheon or if we've killed the real thing yet. Yeah, like that's that's a that's a genuine fear. That's that's crazy. And we'll well, we may get to it this episode, or it may be the next one. But we will talk at length about Vogue in particular and how Vogue is it has some of its own rules. Uh, that's that's still mind blowing to me. Like they have rule they it. The Vexer, the Vexer, really cool. They are, <laughs> the they are really cool. cool. They're cooler than I gave them credit for at the beginning, and now I'm starting to like them a lot more. Yeah, but yeah. So to but go back to the different, um, yeah, collectives. yeah, yeah, yep. So uh, we have the Soul Collective, which is the general again general collective. If if you are fighting a Vex and they are not of a specific collective um, for that area, then it's just the Soul Collective. Uh. Within the Soul Collective, there is the Soul Divisive. Um, the Soul Divisive is the portion of the Soul Collective which has broken off to uh, be in the Black Garden. And uh, they were the ones uh, designated to worship and protect the Black Heart. Then we have the Hezen Corrective. Uh, the Hezen Corrective was tasked with seeking out and eliminating the House of Winter on Venus, uh, kind of a protective force against the Fallen on Venus. Interesting. There's the Hezen Protective, um, which is tasked with the um, completion of a yet unknown project uh, around the Vault of Glass and Endless Steps. I think Hezen Protective is essentially just to continue to to transition the um the area around the Vault of Glass entrance into you know into Vex to further bolster their defenses. Make make the Ishtar collective less Ishtar and more Vex. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh then we have the Afix Invasive. Um, so the Aphex Invasive are tasked with the defense of high-level Vex mines and structures uh, that would otherwise be left to the Hezen Protective. So uh, if the Hezen Protective comes across a particularly dangerous threat that they cannot deal with in protection of the Vault of Glass, then the Aphex Invasive are the ones that take over. I. Uh, there is the Virgo Prohibition. The Virgo Prohibition was tasked with fighting the Cabal on Mars in Meridian Bay to defend the gateway to the Black Garden. Is that is that the one that, uh, um, oh God, uh, Aldrin and and uh, Jolian? Yes. Take yep. on. Okay. Yep. Uh, as well as us, They're the gate lord we attack would be part of the Virgo prohibition. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, I keep forgetting that. Oh, of course, we went into the Black Heart and we used the we same were damn there. portal. He did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have the Soul Imminent, which is a collective from the far future that are encountered, I think, exclusively in the Vault of Glass. 
Are they the ones that have like a a different looking frame? They yes. have like kind of a roundish frame to them. Yep, those are the ones. Those are um, those are creepy looking. I don't know why that those like creep me out more <laughs> than like a normal. But for some reason, like it's it's like it to me. It's like the evolution of math. Like they've gone past straight lines and they've discovered circles and they're it's like that's just like mind blowing to me. And I'm like, oh god, <laughs> they've they've evolved. They know more than they should. Uh, kill it. Yeah, so that's the soul imminent. There's also the soul primeval, which is a collective that is from the past. Um, they are the ones that uh, did the conversion of Mercury uh, and are also present in the Vault of Glass. Um, again, there are very specific reasons why collectives from the future and past are visible in the Vault of Glass, and we'll talk about that when we get to the Vault. Okay. So, and, and these factions are all, um, they're not, they're not factions in the sense of like, Hey, the soul divisive is going to fight the, the, this other one over there. Like they're all just, that's just their designation for their given task in a system, or I guess in the, in the entirety of the galaxy or universe. Yeah. Everything. Right. So you you can kind of think of each of these collectives as so if if we envision the Vex network as the internet um each of these collectives is kind of like a group of you know it, again if we're using the internet as an analogy is a group of like computers on the network. Um okay. Like okay, this group of computers is going to focus on um you know, is a render farm is going to focus on uh, video editing. And this group of computers is going to focus on data analysis. And this group, like it, it's that kind of thing. It's breaking up functions into these collectives. So that way they can be running different uh, requirements simultaneously. Like, like different departments of like a, like a corporation yeah. or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had the ones from the past, the ones from the future that show up in the vault. Uh, and then there are the Weavers, which um, the Weaver Collective is tasked specifically with the restoration and recovery of lost access mines. So the Weavers are kind of the, the backups. They're the ones that if they lose, if the Vex network loses connectivity with an access mind, they send out a weaver to either go rebuild that access mind uh, or recover its data so that a, so that a, a new one can be built from scratch and that data can be, will still be in the network. Dude, that's, that's really terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that essentially means that Vex are infinite. I mean, they're, they can, as long as there is matter in the universe, they can convert it to what they need. Dude, that's scary as shit. That's, <laughs> uh, I, uh, the Vex are the true, like, scariest thing in the Destiny universe. Like, I've, I've, they are I've figured out that everything else is just kind of like, the Elixir, they're just, they're just a people trying to make it. I can't shoot a Fallen anymore. Like, you know what? You, 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 you live in your tent over there. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to let you do your thing. If, if, if. Whatever needs to happen over there happens. The Cabal, they're in shatters. Like they're they're just our friends now at this point in time. Like their home world is gone. I mean, I guess the Elixir's home world is gone too. Um, so yeah, we're just a bunch of guys like trying to find a home in the universe type thing. The Hive, eh, we're working on that. 
<laughs> we'll we'll dismantle we're, that work when we in need to. Yeah. We're work in yeah. progress. <laughs> exactly. We're slowly converting some of it, or like Savathun and her bullshit. Like she's converting her own stuff away from the hive. Like okay, fine, whatever. We get it. But then like the the Vex are truly terrifying. Like I I don't I don't know like. I keep trying to think of a way like, oh, we'll just beat this or we'll just take this out. Oh, well, was that a simulation? Well, shit, I don't know. I went into it. And I don't think it was a simulation. Oh, we'll go into it again. Well, shit, is this a simulation now? Like, that's the Vex are truly terrifying. And then that idea of like they just have infinite uh, resource. Like if, if matter exists, they'll just convert it. And then now it's Vex. Yep. Yay, we won. <laughs> like, <laughs> Say Elsie describes them as evil so dark it does not even recognize other evil because it only cares of is it vex (laughs) (laughs) it's such a finite thing right like is it vex yes cool continue is it vex no cool convert is it vex now yes cool continue like that's that's it that's the entirety thought process of a vex that is the only thing that they're trying to accomplish but so we've got these different collectives that are doing different functions um and we'll we'll get into some of those you know those will pop up as we start talking about uh where where these vex um arise chronologically um but interestingly enough uh the first place that we see the vex pop up is in a book denoted to the hive uh, in particular, the Books of Sorrow. So some of this very, may be... Very old set of books. Very old set of books. Um, billions of years before the soul system existed, perhaps. Um, this is uh, the kind of hive religious text, uh, in case you're unfamiliar. We did a whole series on the Books of Sorrow. I would say... Listen to that if you find that you're interested in this and you haven't already. Um, if you have listened to that, some of this will be a little bit of a repeat, but it is relevant to the Vex in particular. So we are going to start uh, on verse 4-8 of the Books of Sorrow, uh, titled The Partition of Death. Uh, and it goes like this. One day... Oryx decided to grow new wings. While he wrestled with his worm, he came upon his twin daughters dying in a wound between places. What are you doing, my daughters? he asked. He was afraid that Irhalak and Iranuk were trying to go into the deep, where only the tablets of ruin allowed Oryx to go. We are dying. Father, they said, as many times as we can manage. As adorably precocious, Oryx shook out his new wings. But why? We propose a method by which ascendant souls can be detached and integrated into a tautological and autonomous thanosphere, which we tentatively term an oversoul. Oversouls can be stored in a throne world as a mechanism of enhanced death resilience, 
as a side effect, new refinements to our death song may be achieved, moving us closer to a generally effective paracausal death impulse. Oryx brandished his sword. Speak the royal tongue, or I'll pin you for ear to eat. If we can separate our deaths from ourselves and hide them, we will be harder to kill. Oryx went to his son, Crota. Go keep an eye on your sisters, he said. You can learn cunning from them. But while Oryx traveled to observe the deep, destroy an ancient fortress world, Crota conspired with his sisters to learn their secrets. I too will experiment with a wound, he said, and with his sword Crota cut open a new wound into a new space, and in here he thought he might obtain a secret power. But out of this wound came machines called Vex, and they invaded Oryx's throne world. That's the end of that chapter. This, I I love the seriousness in this, but this is the most hilarious entry. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's it's one of the most hilarious entry. I can't say the most. Like I could think of some other ones, but this is a hilarious entry. Essentially, it comes down to the two kids, the the two twins, uh, the, who are they're the final, they're the second to last boss in in uh, um, King's Fall raid. Yep. Uh, they're sitting there killing themselves over and over and over again to try to learn more about it and try to figure out how to create an oversoul. And they come up with this super long, complicated, high-level text understanding, like mathematical, scientific way of explaining it to their dad. And their dad is just turns around and goes, "What?" <laughs> and not, but not just like, "What?" He goes, "Hey, you, you, you answered." What did you say? Like he's so he's so confused that he's just like I'm just gonna kill you if you don't tell me what the hell you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and and so then they're like, well, this is what we're doing. He's like, huh, neat. Um, Crota, go play with your sisters. I don't <laughs> know what the hell they're doing, and just walks off. And so Crota's like, oh, this is neat. I I'm gonna learn this too. And takes his sword and goes, hey ya, and goes, oh shit, dark internet. Bye. <laughs> And then Vex pour out of the dark internet. So yeah, that's that's essentially what just happened here. And I think it's hilarious that like even Oryx is just like, speak plainly or I'm gonna kill you. Like yeah. that's yeah. the high version of English. Do you speak English, it? Do you speak it? <laughs> what? <laughs> Say what again? Say what one more time. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's happening here. But so needless to say, Oryx is away. And Crota and the sisters are in his throne world, and Crota lets the Vex in. Not not meaning to, but that he just so happens to cut into where the Vex were. And we uh, I'm fairly certain, though I don't have it in front of me, that we learn in uh some witch queen lore that like Savathun told him where to cut, knowing yep. that it would be the Vex that he found. Yep. It was all part of her grand plan. Or at least she says yep. it is. Like again. If it comes from her, who knows if that's if that's really right. the truth, right? Like, 
maybe she did plan for that to happen. Maybe she did whisper to him, hey, cut here, knowing that Vex will pour in, and then now Crota's taken care of. Because again, thinking back to Savathun's ultimate goal, I know this is a Vex episode, but you got me tangenting a little bit. <laughs> uh, Savathun's ultimate goal is to just be free of the worm. We don't know how long she's wanted to be free of the worm. It could have been since day one, like ever since being like yeah. leading her sisters down to the bottom of fundament to the center of fundament and getting to the worms ever since that moment, she could have just been like, Oh shit, I fucked up. And then ever since that moment, she's been wanting to not be tied to the tied to the worms. But then by, by nature of being the most cunning and the most deceitful, she'll, she'll just say shit to just be like, yep, that was me. Or like, Nope, that wasn't me. Like who knows? Like, again, I go back to the idea of like the greatest lie you could tell is like, I don't know if I is like I'm a liar, and then you don't know if at any point in time a lie is being told or a truth is being told. Yep. So yeah, it's it's um yeah, I I I do do we know like how much Vex poured out? I mean essentially the Vex are infinite, like because the, the Vex network, and I think this is said during season of the splicer, the Vex network is similar to the Ascendant Realm, correct? Yes. Yeah, like it's, they're very it's like it's a plane all of its own, essentially. Right, and that, and and that's just a, um, I guess a physical. It's it's a physical representation of a data space, or is or is it like the Vex network is is all that? It's all just like thought based um, plane of existence. Yeah, I I think. I think we perceive it as a physical space just because like that's the way for us to understand it, you know? Sure. Our um, brain has to have something to interpret it to for our right. body, for for our brain to even understand it. So our brain just shows us that and says this is the vex network and then our brain's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, I I think it is essentially like it it, it is the internet. It is a purely um mental and electrical network uh, that we hop into essentially which which again thinking of like like how could crota just slice into the air and cut into the vex network like that makes me that to me makes more sense if it is like that if it is like a mind space type thing and then they're already in a type of mind space that being the ascendant plane or specifically uh the ascendant plane associated with oryx's throne world and then boom, he's just cut into the yeah. <laughs> he's cut into the neighbor's internet, <laughs> spliced yeah, it into his own, and now the internet's just pouring into his own internet space. And he's like, "Oh shit, I don't know what to do with this." <laughs> yeah, he's just pointed his satellite at the neighbor's satellite. Oh Jesus, like, shit! <laughs> I'm picking up signals. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I don't know what it is, but I got a signal. <laughs> Oh my but, god! Uh, but yeah, so as far as the the question of like how many vex was this, um, well, we're gonna find out in the next verse here. Uh, so this is verse four nine, titled "Open Your Eye, Go Into It," I uh, and it goes like this: The vex clattered around, constructing large problems. At first, their constructs were deranged because they did not understand the sword logic, which defined all rules in Oryx's throne world. The geometry perplexed them. I'll cut them apart, Crota said. But just then, the Vex ritual of better thoughts manifested a mind called Quoria Blade Transform, and Quoria deduced the sword logic. 
I have to kill everything, Quoria resolved. Then I will be powerful. Crota's gate began to emit warrior Vex, huge and brassy. He leapt forward to fight them, but they blinked away. And after they fled from Crota, they killed two thousand of Oryx's acolytes and ten thousand of his thrall. Soon they had established themselves as powers in this world by right of slaughter. Come forth, sister wizard, called Irhaluk. We need you. Iranuk pulled a sword star out of the sky. Together, the wizards charged it with killing power and made an annihilator totem, which they used to smash the Vex. Close the wound, Brother Crota, Anuk ordered. We will find a cunning way to destroy them, but only after they stop constructing problems on us. But Coria had instanced itself to the other side of the gate and built a holdfast to keep the way open. Coria's objective was to exploit the paracausal physics of Oryx's throne to become divine. It organized a series of test invasions. And for a hundred years of local time, the siblings fought the Vex. And when the Vex came into the sword world, they were inevitably annihilated. But when the Hive went into the Vex world, they lost too much of their own power to win. Father is going to eat our souls, Heluk sighed. Quoria captured some worm larvae and began experimenting with them. And soon Quoria Blade Transform manifested religious tactics. By directing worship at the worms, Coria learned it could alter reality with mild antipathogenic effects. Being an efficient machine, Coria manufactured a priesthood and ordered all of its subminds to believe in worship. Then it set about abducting and killing dangerous organisms so it could bootstrap itself to hive godhood. For some Vex reason, Coria never attempted to introduce worm larvae into its mind fluid. And Savathun was laughing, because she had tricked Crota into cutting that place. And this drew the attention of the worm our god. Oryx, called Ear. Set your house in order. And that's the end of that one. So we have the famous for some Vex reason. Yep. That's, fuck me, dude. That's, (laughs) oh, it's so good. It's so good. It really is. It's so good. But no, there's there's a lot happening in this. So There is, yeah. uh, Again, thinking back to what what a vex wants to do, prime prime goal of a vex, uh, uh, propagate the pattern, survive, Ex- or not? Sorry, not survive. I keep saying survive, exist. Yeah, because I think those are two very different uh, points. I, I, whatever, they're two they're two different things. Um, 
So yeah, so exist, propagate the pattern. Crota cuts into the space, Vex pour out, Vex do what Vex do. They look at the space and go, what the fuck is this? Because again, part of the throne world is the darkness powers exist there. And the throne world, I think, and, and I assume a lot of the ascendant plane exists because of darkness power. Um, darkness power being a paracausality power. Vex don't understand it. They look at this place and go, this is an impossibility. How do I fix it? How do I, how do, how do I make it not an impossibility? So they build this mind, Quoria, Blade Transformed, and this mind, now again, thinking of hierarchy, again, this, this mind is like in charge of everything that's going on here now. Like that's, that's like the primary yeah. point of, of data access for this, this specific instance of the, of the world. It starts looking at everything in here and going, okay, well, sword logic. That's what the, everything in here believes in. Kill it and get powerful. Cool. That's what I'll do. Kill it and get powerful. Um, then it starts, like, I mean, just doing everything a Vex would do. It starts experimenting. It starts doing test invasions. It starts, you know, getting worm larvae and going, okay, well, hey, now I can make everything worship this. Everything worship this. And all the Vex go, okay, worshipped. Like, that, that, that thought of, like, <laughs> all of you worship this. Yes, master. Praise worm. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I think of when I think of that. The whole time this is happening, the two sisters are like, kill it. Get the raid. Fucking spray it everywhere. <laughs> kill it. And Crota's like, I don't know what to do, man. I just, I'm so sorry. And then the two sisters are looking at this whole mess. And it, they almost, there was almost like a cat in the hat moment, right? Like, hey, we'll fix this before dad gets home. And then they realize, ah, oh, shit. We ain't fixing this before dad gets home. And then they're like, dad's going to kill us. He's yep. going to eat us. He's going to kill us both. He's going to eat us. And it's your fault. Good job. And then we. this is also the text where, again, Sabathun is laughing because she told Crota to do it. Who knows if that's a truth or a lie? I, I don't know. I, maybe it is a, a maybe it's a smidgen of truth. Maybe it's a, a lot of lie. I, I don't know. Whatever. Sabathun or Sabathun. So but one yeah. thing... Yeah, well, one thing that um, we do need to take away from, from this being from the Books of Sorrow is that a, this is a hive religious text, so it is subjective. And sure. B, the hive do not have a understanding of how the Vex operate and why they do the things they do. So they, what we are seeing is the telling of what the Vex are doing and what they think their motivations are from the hive's point of view. Aha! We have finally explained for some Vex reason. Because they don't, they don't know, and they don't know that the Vex don't understand paracausality. They don't right. know, like they're they're attributing again. This is all written from the Hive's perspective. They're attributing Quoria going like, oh yes, if if uh, you know if if we kill things, we gain more power, and it stole a worm. So clearly, it's trying to become a god. You know, it's trying to usurp our our Hive gods and. Maybe that functionally was true, but I don't think it was necessarily because Quoria had ambitions. It's right. just Quoria is a Vex, and its processes told it the best, you know, to propagate the pattern in this space, I need to have dominion over this space. How, do, how does one reach dominion over this space? 
and you know experimented and f- probably observed the hive and their tithing to worms i uh, and you know extrapolated like okay the worms are important i don't know why but i see the the hive worshiping the worms and that you know that gives them strength so let's let's try and do the same thing to get strength sure. as well um see tactic implement tactic and i think the big thing the for some vex reason Coria never attempted to introduce the worms into their mind fluid i think is because a the worm wouldn't survive it would just become vex oh yeah 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 no that makes sense and b the worms are chock full of paracausal power oh do you think it would actually become vex or do you think because it's chock full of paracausal power like that would just like fuck with the vex fluid and just completely like it it could it could go either way i could see it going either way but what i'm guessing is the vex looked at this thing and had the the you know they they can't simulate dark they can't right. simulate a paracausal yeah, power. So exactly. they probably looked at this worm and went, we have, we have no idea what this will do. Don't even know what to do with we, it. We like, have no way to understand no... yeah. what it does. Yeah. And that, that may be honestly how they fell into worshiping it. It may not have been through observation of the hive. It may have been similar to the, as we'll discuss, the heart of the Black Garden, where they reach a point where they're like, this is beyond us. Therefore it must be superior to us. And the best way for us to survive is to appease it. Dude, that's, that's, that's the best explanation of, for some Vex reason of just like it, they, they, they see something that they don't understand because again, thinking of the Vex, they, they understand everything in this universe that is a physical property of this universe. Yes. Paracausality is not a physical property of this universe. Therefore they have zero understanding of it because the Vex again existed before this universe existed. And this universe is the only universe where paracausality has existed. And so since they can't uh, just innately understand it, it's something different to them that they are still trying to, and I think even to this day, still trying to understand. Um, they're like, oh well, if we can't, if we can't interact with it, if if we can't interface with it, if we can't understand it, then it must be a better thing than us, and then therefore develop worship around it. That's God. That's amazing. That's that's amazing and terrifying. Yes, <laughs> but from the perspective of the author of the books of sorrow, who is a hive, they're they're like, we don't know why they're fucking doing this. Yeah, they they <laughs> we we as the listeners right now know more about the vex than the hive do at this point in time. Sure. And so from the hive, they're like, yeah, it's just because they're vex, and they decided that's that, what vex do. <laughs> yeah, for some vex reason, they did this. Uh, so yeah, I think that's where that phrase that, came from. That's that's the actual explanation of the phrase is is it's from a high point of view and they do, they don't understand vex at this point so there's like well for some vex reason they did that like I don't know why they did that but they did it. That's what vex do. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, I'm still taking that as to explain anything that I can't explain in vex terms. Oh yeah, that works too. That's that still works happening. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then finally there's the the worm god ear who sees all of this madness and is like, Oryx, what the fuck? <laughs> fix, fix your shit, yo. Yeah. 
Seriously. Your kids have really screwed this place up. You, this is going to take a lot more than some pine saw and a few napkins. Yeah. So we see Oryx coming back and dealing with this in the next verse, which is verse 410. Uh titled an emperor for all outcomes and it goes like this oryx rushed home and read from the tablets of ruin he put some of the vex into wounds to be taken by the power of the deep and thus he turned the vex against each other quoria manifested a range of tactics but none of them were adaptive oryx crushed all the vex in his throne. Oryx thought that he should study geometry like the vex. It was the map of perfect shapes. But first, he had to punish imperfection. My son, he said, this is your punishment. Come home glorious or die forgotten. And he picked up Crota by the legs and threw him into the Vexgate network. Crota battled through history, becoming a legendary demon. In his early centuries, he often spared a few victims to hear oaths and protests against his father. And later he came to understand Oryx, and he made temples and monuments wherever he went. Meanwhile, Oryx brooded on the Vex. I have met a worthy rival, he said. They want to exist forever, just as I do. But I do not understand them. And at this, his worm began to chew, for he was bound to understand. He called Savathun to meet in the material world, and she told him that the Vex worked tirelessly to understand everything, so that they could build a victory condition for every possible end state of the universe. Then I must be a better king, Oryx said, if they want to build an emperor for all outcomes then I will be the king of only one. I will follow the deep wherever it goes and document its power. Let us create a catalog of the grave of worlds, which will be our map to victory. Oryx knew that all life could be described as cellular automata, except for that life which understood the deep or the sky and thus escaped causality. Out of love for her brother, which was the same as the desire to kill, Savathun leaked a secret to Shivu Arath. Listen, Shivu, Oryx's throne world has been compromised. You can cut your way in from here. And Shivu Arath used this to plan an ambush. But Oryx was too canny, The taken king said to his court, My throne world is vulnerable. I am going to move it. Where? they had asked. Into a mighty dreadnought, said Oryx. 
I shall keep my glorious mind cosmos inside a titanic warship. And that's the end of that one. So, yeah, okay. All right. Um, sorry, I got super excited about the hive stuff all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, the season of the hive is, is active right now, and so it's like... I'm really, really excited about all the Hive stuff. So as soon as I start hearing about Hive stuff, I start latching onto that, and then I completely forget about the whole Vex thing. Like, ah, screw that. No, uh, so the, the big thing here is is um, Papa, Papa Oryx comes home, says, all right, I'll fix this. But, uh, uh, what, what do you call that? Bug bomb? <laughs> you know, wraps his whole house in plastic, bug bombs his house. Uh, while he's doing that, picks up Crota and says, you... You fuck this up. You fix it. And throws him in the network, shuts <laughs> yeah. the door, says, all right, either he's coming home or he's not. Uh, and I guess this is this is kind of an interesting point of, I guess, point of view. Um, Crota is now inside the Vex network. Yes. And is battling for what he perceives to be hundreds of thousands of years but could all actually just be an instant. Yeah, it could all be could all be simulation within could all the, be simulation. Yeah, so that's that's kind of a yeah. I don't I don't I don't I don't know about this. I don't know if this is a good idea. Is that so? No, because I guess I guess he'd have to have a little bit more. No, I'm I'm still thinking of the Vex from my point of view and, and knowing how much I know about the Vex. Crota right. is still knowing very little about the Vex. He's yeah. still operating on the under the idea of this is an invasion force, and I think that's that's the kind of been the entirety of the of the previous reading is they are still looking at this as an invading force that can be conquered. They're yeah. still thinking, let's cut the head off the general. You know, let's let's. Kill it, kill it at the top, and work. You know, let the let the forces disseminate amongst, amongst the cells, and we'll kill them all. And 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 now they're gone. Now they're eradicated. But they don't understand the idea that everything that's happening for Coria and everything that Coria is observing, and all the all the Vex that are around Coria, every every other Vex in existence is also observing and and interacting with that i guess at the at the exact same time mm -hmm. and so like crota having been thrown in the vex network still doesn't understand that he's still a a lesser being like us guardians who perceive time linearly um and is just in there just still kind of going at it with the the only thing he knows how to go at it with is the kill the thing make myself stronger sword logic sword logic yep. sword logic so he keeps trying to do that over and over and over again and ever like he, he says here like oh, i'll leave a few alone just so i can get a little bit stronger by get feeding that little ego bomb there um but he's still he's still fighting a losing battle at because the vex are eternal and the vex are learning from him more than and and again like what you're saying could just could just be a simulation the whole time that he's that he's fighting Right. And not actually getting any stronger. He thinks he's getting stronger, but it could be a, a some a zero sum uh, uh, game type thing. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because from from the Vex perspective, this is the first time they've come across the Hive as well. Oh, that's true. And this so, is definitely a meeting of the like a first time meeting of both of them. Yeah. So if Crota just comes crashing into their network, I can almost guarantee the Vex are like, "Oh, cool. Just quarantine that little section <laughs> off, and let's just see what it does. Let's let's just look at it. Observe. Yeah. 
<laughs> hey, look at it fight. Isn't that cute? He thinks he's winning. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're going to be analyzing everything about how he fights and his biology and down to the molecular level. They're going to be analyzing what Crota is and what he does and why he does it to better understand the hive so that they can better fight other hive. And, and I guess the big um, downfall in here is darkness and paracausality. Yes. Cause Crota does have some type of like all hive have some type of darkness yep. um, paracausality tied to them. And so because like because they can't simulate that and they can't figure that out, they can sit there and study him for eternity. And just like just like and I know we'll talk about this eventually, um, how they did with Saint. Mm-hmm. The only way they were able to kill Saint was to simulate his simulate something, like observe him for years and years and years and years and years to finally create a thing to where they neutralized his light. They didn't they didn't kill him. I mean, they they did kill him, but they they had to neutralize his light first, and so like, essentially cut him off from the source. They didn't like kill the light. They didn't stop the light. They just separated the source from the from the end user. Yeah. So, uh, Crota's banging around in the the Vex network. Um, Oryx is reached this point of like needing to understand the Vex now, not just because they were invading force, but also because like his worm, uh, Crota is the, the God of knowledge, the hive God of knowledge, which may not be immediately apparent, but I, his worm demands that he understand everything in the universe. I, and so he's now come across this new thing that he does not fully comprehend and now he doesn't have a choice. He needs to yeah. comprehend it. I do like I do like that too. Like I feel like these two forces are like this is the ultimate like what the fuck is that? And both sides are doing that same thing and trying yeah. to figure out how do how do I do how do I deal with this in front of me? How do I learn more about it? Like I need to learn more about it in order to deal with it. Yeah. So I, but one thing Oryx has decided is to turn the Dreadnought into his throne world, like merge the two um, to try and prevent there being any kind of attacks or um, further invasions into the Ascendant Plane. Uh, and we see the outcome in the next verse, which is 5-1, end of failed timeline. And it goes like this. By now, Quoria knows it cannot win. There's something pathological about the world inside Oryx's ship. It resists analysis with hot, dead spite. And Oryx himself, he's irreducible. He refuses to obey Quoria's simulations. He crashes around sowing chaos. He grabs submines and compromises them with some kind of ontological weapon. Paracausal systems. Very problematic. Quoria is trying the religious tactics it evolved in the Hive Manifold, but even on those terms, Oryx is strong. So strong. Quoria won't be able to protect its gates much longer. The closest Quoria gets to a simulation of Oryx is a best-guess bootstrap. It's wrong. 
Coria is sure of that. It's Oryx minus the symbiote organism, minus the wings and the morphs, minus the weapons, minus the power. No good for anything. But Coria manifests that simulation anyway, just to see what happens. And the Taken King marches on Coria's hydra hull, armed with blade and magic, cloaked in ancient cloth, and the universe wails in horror around him. Coria's physics models and toy worlds choke and crash. Coria observes, alert and attentive, as a single quark splits on the tip of Oryx's sword. From within the hydra hull, Coria's tiny not Oryx, speaks. What are you? It says. It's manifesting terror and awe. Oryx's eyes blaze with a curiosity that is entirely isomorphic with hate, with voracious hunger. Aurosh, he says in his hive language. You have made me as I was. You have made me a tiny Aurash. Huh. Coria updates the simulation's name. The simulated Aurash is curious. You're me. You're me as I become. And Oryx kneels. His blade is on his left shoulder. And Coria is firing every available weapon at him, but his wards don't break. He looks into Coria's sensors through the hammering fire and says, Child, I have everything you wanted. I am immortal. I know the great secrets of the universe. I have scouted the edges of the darkness, and I have chased the lying god down galactic arms in a howling pack of moons. In my fist I carry the secret power that will rule eternity. In my worm I bear the tribute of my court and of my children, the hope-eater, the weaver, and the unraveler. And with this tribute I smash my foes. I am Oryx the Taken King. I am Almighty. And Coria samples the Tawik's intelligence retrieved from the Ecumene gates. There are useful names. It feeds them to the simulation. What about your sisters? Aurash asks his future self. Sathona, Zero, are they with you? And the Taken King's fangs glint. That sound might be a laugh or a hiss. Coria shuts down its weapons and puts all of its spare resources into sending telemetry data to the greater Vex. There will be points in space and time where this data is vital. There will be great projects undertaken in the study of this ontological power, this throne space. Where are my sisters? Aurash shouts. 
What have you done with my people? What have you done? But Oryx's fist is full of black fire, and the next thing Quoria sees is a light like stars. And that's the end of that chapter. Well, this is troublesome. <laughs> uh, so Quoria has, ba- has, has put all of its computing power into just creating something. Like, do- doesn't even know what to create. Like, extrapolates all this data and says, oh, okay, well, I'll just create this little mini Oryx. It's, it's the, essentially, it's created Oryx minus the paracausality that it can't calculate. Exactly. Um, which, without the paracausality, means no worm, no magic, no wings, no... no. It, the, the Oryx that was on its way down to the, the to fundament, but with all of the knowledge that it's gained since being there. Yeah. Um, Oryx says, cute. <laughs> <laughs> Act, Oryx proper says cute you made a mini me that's cute yeah uh and then it just looks at it as like a, an abomination essentially yeah and it's just like this thing can't exist like that thing doesn't i am i am me and that thing cannot exist because i am as powerful as i am therefore i i am better Coria has no genuine no idea what to do with this. It's it's just in like complete observation mode. It's 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 kind of playing a little bit defensive, like it's firing everything it's got at the at at big boy Oryx, and Oryx is just like, huh, cute, uh, because again, it can't penetrate this paracausality. It, it doesn't understand it. It has no way to evolve to do anything with this paracausality, be it defensive or offensively. Um. And then it just like starts sending this data. It does what a Vex does and just starts sending this data everywhere. So every Vex in the future, every Vex in the past, every Vex everywhere starts observing this point of data, like this this interaction between Oryx proper and, and mini Oryx. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it doesn't know how to do anything with this data other than its data... And so, like, we're really seeing the base function of a Vex at this point of, like, it's it's not just a, a Hydra. It's not just a construct. It's literally just a group of cellular organisms trying to understand data. And that's all it's trying to do here. That's all it can do. Yeah. And it gets that information out to the Vex network. So everything that transpired up till this point is known to all Vex. Um, and then Coria is taken by Oryx. Boom. That's what's being described at the end there. I was curious on that one too. I, I couldn't tell if that was like him killing the simulation of himself and going, ha ha, I've gotten stronger by killing my old self. Sword logic. Woohoo. Or if that was like a full on, like, cause that's the other thing too, is like Coria, it's described through all these entries. Oryx is just starting to take all these vex and Coria's is like, yeah. uh, shit, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> like yep. it, it's, I, I don't know how what like in a in a in a collective consciousness society I don't know what to call the vex other than a society um, sure system system there we go that's probably a better a better thing if part of it is compromised and I put that in quotations by being taken it now has like no access to that is it is that like losing a foot 
Well, I mean, it's it's not like uh, the Vex have suffered casualties, you know. I, I'm I'm sure, uh, prior to this, but you know, it's it's always been a causal thing. They've in in some ways they've always known those casualties are going to happen. Isn't that and they've blowing? already deemed them as either necessary or in you know something about that casualty still was the most effective way to serve the pattern that's that's mind blowing like they they already know cuz that information that's happening of that casualty is already being fit is already being seen by the future selves and the past selves yep. of all these vex and they're just like well that was necessary like that's <laughs> that's, that's kind of cool but it's really terrifying and mind blowing <laughs> But what's interesting here is because taking is paracausal and because Oryx is very paracausal, these are casualties that they could never have predicted. Yeah. They could, they can't prevent it. They're not, they can't, I'm, I'm assuming they can't get any data back from it. Like the, all, the only not data they can taken. get. Right. The only data they can get is by observing it, like observing what happens. And that's that's it. That's the best they can do is an observation and go, well, fuck, let's send this data off. Somebody else figure this out. Yeah. Like, and every other person is like, I don't know the fuck that is. Send that to so-and-so. So, -and -so. so uh, yeah. So Quaria's final act is to send everything they understand uh, about what has happened to them to the Vex network. And then they are taken. Uh, and we're not going to go over the lore card, but uh, the either the next card or the card after for the Book of Sorrow talks about Quoria being gifted to Savathun um, from Oryx. Uh, and then Quoria doesn't pop up again until much, much later. So, uh, But with the defeating of Quoria, that essentially ends the Vex threat against the Hive uh, in, in this moment anyway. Um, I was going to ask, I, I can't think of any instance, at least in game, where it's Vex and Hive fighting each other. Yeah, not that I can I think of. I don't know that there's a single instance, like, like be, it a, anyway. be it a raid, be it a, um, a dungeon, a, a, a strike, that there are Hive and Vex fighting each other. Yeah, I don't know that there are. Because I, I think that's another important important point of data too like Coria has sent all this information out but now that it's taken it and every i presume every sub function and every sub vex underneath it now is completely cut off from the vex network well anything that was taken is likely cut off right um but it's not that it's not that Coria was like the main was the the line to the network it all the vex could are connected to the network at the same time it's just that the access mines act as the like data processing gotcha uh, for gotcha. those units under them for that specific instance around them for observation and data processing yeah yeah okay gotcha okay well then okay so it, it, that being an access mine cut off would they would the vex have sent a uh, a weaver i guess Technically, they probably would have. However, there's no instant. You know, it's it's not discussed if a weaver did show up. Um, it doesn't 
show up in the books of sorrow and it, it might be a like enough information came from Coria that they deemed that a waste of resources because that's what um, that's what i'm curious of too like when Corey was taken like as, as soon as she gets taken they're seeing oh shit this is more paracausality we don't know what to do with this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna divert resources to try to go retrieve that if they're all just gonna get taken and be removed from the collective essentially right so I think they essentially just were like, cool, thanks for the notes, and <laughs> just yeah. left Quarry we'll, to, to whatever happened to it. We'll do, we'll do with this information as we see fit. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. So, but, so that is the earliest chronological instance of conflict with the Vex. Uh, the next instance of the Vex in the Destiny universe uh, as it relates to us is in the golden age of the soul system. Um, There's a couple of events. Yeah, big jump. There's a couple of events that happened uh, all around the same time, like all golden age era. Uh, The first is that the Vex appeared on Mercury during the golden age shortly after the Traveler terraformed the world. that is where they established Dendrin, the root mind, who processed the calculations needed to coordinate and convert the planet Mercury into a reality engine that would eventually go on to power the infinite forest. And again, that it's as far as like a, a timeline. It, they had to do it at that point in time because that's uh, the Vex are, they still have to work within physical constraints of, of our universe. Right. So it's, it's not like they just appeared and, and did whatever the Vex presumably were always there. It's just at some point in time in the future, in the linear future for us, they, they determined, okay, we need to create a, a simulation machine and we're going to do it out of Mercury. So then now during the golden age, Vex are there converting the thing. Yep. Um, and much to the, like, no one was on Mercury. Right. Uh, they never colonized Mercury. I don't, I don't think they had enough time between the terraforming and the collapse. Um, so the Vex went pretty much undisturbed for a couple, you know, thousand, one to 2000 years. See, uh, so check, check your rocks in your backyard. If there's Vex in there, <laughs> kill them. Yeah. Uh, but the more um, kind of more storied thing that happened during this time was the studies of the Ishtar Academy uh, on Venus. Who I keep, dis- I keep calling it the Ishtar Collective. I I I think Ishtar Collective is just the website, isn't it? Yes, it's just the website. <laughs> okay, Ish, Ishtar Sync I think is the location. Yep. Uh, and then the Ishtar Academy is located on the Ishtar Sink in Venus. Yeah, the Ishtar Academy is the lo- is the organization as a whole. Gotcha. Um, and they have bases in multiple places, but Venus being one of them. Uh, but yeah, so the Ishtar Academy discovered Vex ruins on Venus, um, again, shortly after the Traveler had terraformed the planet. And they found that those ruins predated humanity by billions of years again this is the vex quote-unquote rewriting themselves into a planet's history 
at some point in our linear future, the decision was made by the Vex that it would be good if we established a bulkhead on this planet, you know, but in the year whatever billion BC. I uh, and so by the time present people are finding these ruins, like they've been there forever because that's was designated as necessary for some reason. That's that's just mind blowing to think that they're like they just did that for observation purposes. Like what, what yeah. the fuck? What the fuck, Vex? <laughs> Uh, but from the ruins, the Ishtar Academy pulls a uh, live captures a Vex goblin, which they dub Subject 12. And they begin to study it because they have never really had an opportunity to study a Vex before. Um, and uh, they make some pretty incredible discoveries um so we're gonna read through a couple of grimoire cards here from d1 uh they're gonna take us through some conversations with these the members of this ishtar academy research group uh you're gonna recognize some of these names because this is the research group headed by maya sundaresh and shioma essi uh, the first one we're going to be looking at is titled Ghost Fragment Vex. Again, this is from the D1 Grimoire. Uh, and conversation between them goes like this. Essie enters. Maya, I need your help. I don't know how to fix this. Sundaresh responds. What is it? Chioma, sit. Tell me. I've figured out what's happening inside the specimen. Subject 12? The, the operational VEX platform. That's incredible. You must know what this means. Ah, uh, so it's not good. Or you'd be on my side of the desk. It's not urgent, or you'd already have evacuated the site, which means... I have a working interface with the specimen's internal environment. I can see what it's thinking. In metaphorical terms, of course, the cognitive architecture are so... No, I don't need any kind of epistemology bridge. Are you telling me it's human? A human quilia? I'm telling you that it's full of humans. It's thinking about us. About... Oh, no. It's simulating us vividly, elaborately. It's running a spectacularly high-fidelity model of a collective research team studying a captive Vex entity. How deep does it go? Right now, the simulated Maya Sundaresh is meeting with the simulated Chioma Essi to discuss an unexpected problem. <sighs> and there's no divergence. That's impossible. It doesn't have enough information. It's inferred. It works from what it sees, and it infers the rest. 
I know that feels unlikely, but it obviously has capabilities that we do not. It may have breached our shared virtual workspace. The, the neural links could have given it data. And the simulations have interiority. Subjectivity? I can't know that until I look more closely, but they act like us. We're inside it. By any reasonable philosophical standard, we are inside that vex. Unless you take a particularly ruthless approach to the problem of total causal forks, yes, they are us. Call a team meeting. The other you just asked for that, too. And that's the end of that grimoire card. I'm pretty, pretty sure this is the ultimate, like, fuck around and find out. <laughs> a little like, bit. They were like, hey, let's study this thing. And the thing was like, okay, what if I did the <laughs> same to you? But I have a quantum computer mind, and I have billions of quantum computer minds working behind that single quantum computer mind. I bet I can simulate faster. <laughs> so Dude, that's terrifying. Like oh, it, it just it, it can only see like an immediate area, but then it just like infers everything else. Like it just used basic like deduction and says, oh well, th- if that's gonna happen, then this is gonna happen, da, 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 and then just it starts extrapolating data from that. Like that's that's terrifying in my and the fact that this is happening in like real time. Like it was, like she says, the other you just asked for that. Like all yep. of this is happening in real time. So now they officially don't know are they the real thing or are they the simulation. Yeah, so to to take a step back, um, because I know this entry can be confusing, um, for those that that maybe aren't quite sure what's going on, uh, so they've been studying this Vex. Uh, Chioma has discovered a way to view what the Vex is thinking about um, and sees what the Vex is thinking about is that it has created a perfect copy of them down to personality and subject objectivity. Like for all intents and purposes, it has created virtual versions of them that are so real that they should just be considered real, should just be considered clones. That's mind blowing. And by realizing that it's able to do that and that they're able to observe perfect versions of themselves. This now brings about the question of like, well, are, are we just another simulation? Like the versions of ourselves we're looking at are like, are, are we the real ones? This is kind of the question they're asking themselves. Are, are we in reality or is this just, a simulation and we don't know it that's terrifying so, fucking terrifying oh it is it absolutely i wish is. they'd come up with a better name than subject 12 i mean come on i'm <laughs> i'm just on a two-man podcast team and i've come up with better names than that yes yes you some better some worse uh they're, they're all just bob it's all just bob <laughs> jill jack the most basic basic english names that <laughs> john smith uh, that's what I'm calling this Vex. He is no longer subject 12. He is now subject John Smith. All right. Well, there you go. 
I've done it. Uh, I've done it. I've named a thing. Good job. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, they upon realizing this, Maya Sundaresh decides like we need to talk to the rest of the research team. We need to make people aware to decide what to do. Uh, and so they call a team meeting, and we see the results of that team meeting or the discussions of that team meeting um, in the next card here titled Ghost Fragment Vex 2. Uh, and it goes like this. Maya starts. So that's the situation as we know it. Shioma, to the best of my understanding, at least. Dr. Shim. Well, I'll be a profane profanity excluded from the record. This is extremely profanity excluded from the record. That thing has us over a barrel. Yes, we're in a diff difficult position. Dr. Duan McNiad? I don't understand. It, so it's simulating us? It made virtual copies of us. How does that give it power? It controls the simulation. It can hurt our simulated selves. We wouldn't feel that pain, but rationally speaking, we have to treat any identical copy's agony as identical to our own. It's God in there. It can simulate our torment forever. If we don't let it go, it'll put us through hell. We have no causal connection to the mind state of those sims. They aren't us, just copies. We have no obligation to help them. You can't seriously. The, your own self. <sighs> Freaking idiot. Think, think, if it can run one simulation, maybe it can run more than one. And there will only ever be one reality. Play the odds, kid. Oh. Oh, no. That's right. Odds are we aren't our own originals. Odds are that we exist in one of the Vex simulations right now. I have to say... I didn't think of that. And that's the end of that card. Yeah, that's that's I'm telling you, man, this is terrifying. Like to 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 discover this level of sophisticated uh, uh, simulation, and then to like to like work backwards from that and go, well, shit, are we the real ones? Like, I don't know. How do we tell we're the real ones? Like, and then but everyone else is like, well, it's just a copy. Like, we're just. You know, screw it. We'll just let them go. Like that's fine. And everyone's like, "But what if we're the copy? What if yeah. what if there's another copy on top of the copy? How many copies exist inside here? Do we even know how many copies exist inside of here?" And it's that's terrifying. I also love. I I feel like I feel like the third scientist there. He might be my best friend. <laughs> Where he's like, "Well, we're fucked. They got us fucked over the barrel." Like, yeah, I I think I like him. I yeah. think he might be my best friend. Ishtar Ishtar censored the official 
transcript quite they did there. they did i was very <laughs> proud of ishtar for doing so but i still think he's my best friend so uh they've they've come to this realization and now they gotta figure out what to do about it so uh this continues in ghost fragment vex three i mean i mean the logical point of view is just like everyone shoot each other right <laughs> that's 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 not a good idea. Is it? That's a, it's not like you wake up if you're the the fake. Like it's not, it's not like an Inception thing. It's not like no. It's not no. like the Matrix. Like it's not it's not the mind is in a different space and they'll return it's the to entire, it. It's the entire space is a different space. Yeah. I, I love that you understood what I was getting at. There. You're like this oh idiot. <laughs> go, go ahead, read your entry. Oh, so this is Ghost Fragment Vex Three, and it goes like this: Sunderesh starts. I have a plan, Chioma. If you have a plan, then so does your sim, and the Vex knows about it. Does it matter? If we're in Vex hell right now, there's nothing we can... Stop talking about real and unreal. All realities are programs executing laws. Subjectivity is all that matters. Listen, we have to act as if we are in the real universe, not one simulated by the specimen. Otherwise, we might as well just give up. Your sim is saying the same thing. Chioma, love, please, hush. It doesn't help. Maybe the simulations are just billboards. Maybe they don't have interiority. It's just bluffing. I wish someone would simulate you shutting up. Look, if we're sims, we exist in the pocket of the universe that the Vex specimen is able to simulate with its onboard brain power. If we're real, we need to get outside of that bubble. So we call for help. That's right. We bring in someone smarter than the specimen, someone too big to simulate and predict a war mind. In the real world, the war mind will be able to behave in the ways the Vex can't simulate. It's too smart. The war mind may be able to get into the Vex and rescue us, even. If we try, won't the Vex torture us for eternity or just erase us? It may simply erase us, but I feel that's preferable to the alternatives. I agree. Once we try to make the call, the Vex may react. So let's all savor this last moment of stability. I really wish I'd taken that job at Clovis now. And that's the end of that one. I mean, you say that, but... Uh, yeah, I... 
this plan sounds foolproof, right? Like, this is just one Vex. How can he... T- they don't even realize how much computing power this Vex has, do they? No, like, how big don't. of a bubble do they need to get outside of? And, like, I'm pretty sure the Vex could just simulate a Warmind. I, I don't know, though. Like, war, Warmind is at, like, that questionable era area, right? Like, could... It, it, could a Vex... I, I presume a Vex could simulate a Warmind and therefore, I mean, it can simulate whole universes. Well, I guess those have to be in the Infinite Forest. Right. Like the Vex in greater numbers can simulate anything. But I think what they're saying is we're, we're just trying to overpower the simulation abilities simulation. of this yeah. one goblin in this yeah. case. Yep. Okay. I, I, I like it. I'm not fully on board with it. Uh, but I like it. I like, I like that they're trying to logic their way out of this. Well, and it's kind of like what other choices? Yeah. Yeah. He even says it like, well, we, if, if we can't do it, then we might as well just give up now. We're already fucked. Yep. (laughs) They're going to go to your plan in that case. (laughs) (laughs) My, my plan is a failure plan. Don't, (laughs) don't execute my plan. Um, but uh, but so yeah, they're like, well, we need something from the outside to observe this that is more powerful than the, than the Vex and be able to tell us are we real or not. Uh, that's that's this this is this is the Turing problem, like all like on a massive scale. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is just mind blowing. So we don't see that happen but we see the outcome of that observation in the final grimoire card uh titled ghost fragment vex four and it goes like this up here they have to act by biomechanical proxy no human being in the ishtar academy has ever crossed the safety safety cordon and walked the ancient stone under the citadel the Vex construct that stabs up out of the world to injure space and time. It's not safe. The cellular Vex elements are infectious, hallucinogenic. The informational Vex elements are more dangerous yet. And there could be semiomatic hazards beyond them. Aggressive ideas, Vex who exist without a substrate. Even now, operating remote bodies by new, by neural link, the team's thoughts are relayed through the war mind who saved them and sandboxed and scrubbed for hazards. Their real bodies are safe in the academy, protected by distance and a neural firewall. But they walk together in pros- proxy, pressed close, huddled in awe. Blue-green light, light the color of an ancient sea washes over them. Each of their explorer bodies carries a slim computer, and inside, 227 of copies of their own minds wait, patient and paused for dispersal. I wonder where it came from, Duan says. Of course, he's the one to break the reverent silence. And the Citadel... I wonder if it was here before the Traveler changed Venus. 
It could have been latent, she almost suggests. She's the leader. She kept them together when it seemed like they faced actual eternal torture. She pulled them through. Seated in the crust, perhaps, waiting for a period of geological quintessence so it could grow. Dr. Shim shrugs. I think the Traveler did something paracausal to Venus. Something that cut across space and time. Citadel seems to come from the past of a different Venus than our own. It doesn't have to make any sense by our logic. Any more than the moon's new gravity. Maya Sundaresh walks at the center of the group. She's been too quiet lately. What happened to them wasn't her fault. And maybe she'll believe that soon. What could you do with it? She murmurs, staring up. If you could understand it. Chioma puts an arm around her. That's what we're going to find out. Where the Citadel can send us. And whether we can come back. They're not us anymore. Maya looks down at herself at the cache of her self-forks. We're not going anywhere. We're sending them. They're diverging. They rescued themselves from inside of a Vex mind. 227 copies of themselves, untortured and undamaged. And those copies voted, all unanimously, to be dispatched into the Vex information network as explorers. When Maya and Shioma look at each other, they can tell they're each wondering the same thing. How many of them will stay together wherever they go? How many fork Mayas and fork Chiomas will fall out of love? How many will end up bereft and grieving? How many will be happy? Chioma tries a little smile, and Maya smiles back, hauntingly, and then sighing, unable to stop herself, grins a big, stupid grin, and everything-is-okay grin. Shim makes a loud, obnoxious awe at them, and Duan is still thinking about paracausality and doesn't notice. They climb... When they find the Vex aperture they plan to use, they overlay the luminous stone and ancient brass machines with images of sun and sand. They set up the transmitters and interfaces that will translate 227 simulations of the four of them into Vex language and into the tangled pathways of the Vex network to see what's out there and maybe come home. In the metaphor they've chosen, setting up the equipment is like laying out the picnic. In the metaphor they've chosen, they look like themselves, not hardened explorer proxies, but people. Do you think, Duan begins, that you could use this place to change things? If you regretted something... Could you find a way through the citadel to go back and change it? 
I wish I could go back and change you into someone else, Dr. Shim grouses. Shioma is shaking her head. She knows physics. Time is self-constant, she says. I think it's like the story of the merchant and the alchemist. You could go back and watch something, or be a part of something. But if you did, then that was the way it was always supposed to happen. Maybe you could bring something back to now. Something you needed. Maya runs a hand across the surface of the Vex aperture, feeling it with sensors ten thousand times as precise as a human hand. These proxy bodies are limited. They crash and need resetting every few hours. They struggle with latency. They can't hold much long-term memory. But they'll get better. Or go forward and learn something vital. If you knew how to control it, how to navigate across the space and time. So it's just a way to make everything more complicated, Duan sighs. It doesn't fix anything. Nothing ever does. I should have taken that job at... You would have hated it at Clovis, Dr. Shim says. We both know you're happier here. Duan stands stunned by this courtesy. Then they both pretend to ignore each other. The four of them set up the interface. Their stored copies wake up and prepare for the journey, so that as they work, they find themselves surrounded by the mental phantasms of themselves. 227 Mayas and Shiomas knocking helmets and smiling. 227 Dr. Shims making cynical bets with each other about how long they'll last. 227 Duans blowing goodbye kisses to the sweet golden sun. 227 of them shaking hands, smiling, and making ready to explore. And that's the end of that one. Oh, oh, it's it's like sad and happy and fuck, man. <laughs> it's all of the things. I wasn't ready, man. I wasn't ready. Uh, God, I really wasn't ready. Um, shit, man. This is this is good. This this is science this is for science. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's okay. So. They call in the Warmind. Warmind determines a way to say, hey, this is you. This is the real you. This, these are the, the rest of these are copies. They then quarantine off the Vex, and the only way they interface with it is like through proxies that are then fed through the Warmind's uh, data banks and scrubbed of any type of like Vex incursion. Um, and so obviously there's latency. There's, there's all sorts of... of uh, technological problems with that. But then they, they go through and they ask, they find 227 copies. Um, and then they all, all the copies, I'm assuming they're all, every, all these copies are now aware that they are, well, I mean, I guess they've always been aware that they they're must copies. Be. Um, all right. They have to be, they have to be. Um, and so then each, each of these 227 copies unanimous, unanimously vote to do for science and go explore. And yep. be be the 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 greatest. 
what what would you call that? The greatest uh, I, 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 explorers. That's the best that comes. Uh, the, the greatest explorers in in the history of science. Like to to truly explore the Vex network. Like they don't know if they're going to be able to stick together as as individual pairs of of four. Two hundred twenty seven. I hope that number is divisible by four. <laughs> oh no no no! Sorry, there are two hundred twenty-seven copies of each of them. Of each, therefore, of them, there yeah. are over a thousand individuals. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm following. I'm following. I'm following. Uh, so yeah, it, it, that the great unknown, like that's that's the that's always been the thing of humanity. Let's figure out the next thing. Let's let's explore the next thing. Let's find. You know, travel to the next place, um, all for all for the sake of curiosity, and that's that's truly the best option that they have here. Like they don't kill off, they don't <laughs> they, they don't execute the fabulous Zorialis no. plan of shoot each other. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they they all just uh, come to this this uh, realization and, and this this conclusion of let's let's we have the best opportunity we can to 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 observe and explore the Vex network and and truly understand and hopefully we get data back from this if we do cool if we don't you know to each his own like each mm-hmm. each simulated copy you do you um, and they're doing all this from the top of this spire I yes. for some reason am remembering this spire. Did we go to the top of the spire in D one? Um, I'm pretty I mean, sure we, we def- went to it twice. We definitely went to the Ishtar sink. I'm pretty uh, sure we went to the top of it at the end of, well, I guess post Taken King storyline, um, to fight one of the Taken King Oryx copies up there. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure we went there in the Wolf. Um, expansion. God, why am I drawing a blank on it? I can't want to say bad wolf, but that's <laughs> time travel is time travel has taken over my brain and said, "Oh, look, TARDIS, bad wolf. It's a wolf expansion. That's what it is." Yeah. Uh, uh, House of Wolves. House of Wolves. Thank you. Uh, I'm pretty sure we went to the top of that to chase down Skolas. Yeah, and yeah. captured him there. Is this so, the spire that um, I'm thinking of? Is this the spire that they're on top of right now? I don't know if it's the same one, but it is the only other named location within uh venus and it's it's just called the citadel that's super cool i'm pretty sure that's where that's where we go is the top of that so yeah it's i that's that's one of those like neat point of history things like hey we were we were up there um and we went to the spot that they sent out all these copies from and that's i I think that's a neat like that's the history guy and me going oh neat but yeah, so uh, I think that is going to be where we end for this episode. Okay. Uh, it's a, a tad shorter than we normally do, but the the next thing to get into uh, that we're going to start the next episode with is the Vault of Glass, and that needs that needs time. some room to breathe. <laughs> oh, oh, that's perfect. The Vault of Glass needs time. Uh-huh. Oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> easy now. So I'll I'll see myself out. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, uh, let's do uh, let's do some shoutouts then. Yeah, so we've got a couple shoutouts this time around. Um, so the first of which comes to us from the app formerly known as Twitter. Uh, X. 
from a Jason Carter who says, uh, just finished listening to season of the witch, uh, season of the witch episode, great show, favorite lore source. And then follows that up with, uh, that was from my 11 year old son. FYI, he's a big fan. Let's go. I love seeing, I love seeing little, little, I, I think, I think the proper term is kindergartians. Yeah, I think I think I so. I think that's the proper term. I I love seeing little guardians. I love Although, seeing new lights. Uh, I still have a, a soft spot for taken tots when that was. When oh, that was the that's thing. cute. I like it. Taken tots. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's cute. So, take your pick, whichever you you prefer to be known as. But uh, that's really awesome that uh, that you and your your son listen because I mean it, 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 if we can foster a, a love for this this game that we we all enjoy in you know a, a younger gamer then you know that's that's just cool it gives you the warms and fuzzies it does that's super cool it's again i think back to my son and 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 how he kind of got into gaming and I, I love that he and i have something to share yeah absolutely absolutely um but thank you i'm glad you guys are enjoying it uh, the next shout out also comes to us from our Twitter platform uh, and is from Indie Scout, <laughs> who I don't know how we never thought of this. We were, we were too involved in making car jokes. I, who, sa- who says, uh, y'all can call Solar Buddies sunspots. And as oh, a hunter, so brilliant. And as a hunter main, you can also bite me. Yeah, second Hunter Maids. <laughs> no, uh, I've grown uh, over the last like, oh God, I feel bad now. Um, I don't know. I it, It's so funny to me that it, Titans accept that they eat crayons and they're like, yeah, we eat crayons, but you still come to us for the damn bubble. So eat a, <laughs> eat a crayon too, maybe. <laughs> warlocks are all the big, I mean, that's what Myth and I are. We're warlocks. We're all the big, dumb, brainy, smarty guys looking down on everyone else going, you peasants. <laughs> we are so much smarter than you. And then we die because we didn't run to the bubble. Um, and then there's hunters that I just, I, I don't know why I like picking on hunters. Y'all have the coolest looking gear in the game. In my opinion, I, I always wanted to be a hunter. I stopped when D2 came out. I stopped being a warlock and I mained a hunter for like all of base game d2 um because i was like i want something new so as much as i give uh hunter shit uh i'm i'm a closet hunter so yeah uh i i i accept your as a hunter you can bite me comment and yeah i deserve that yeah Yeah. (laughs) but it made me giggle no uh but yes, and the the thought of Solar Buddies being sunspots makes way too much sense. It I does. don't know how we didn't think of that, but that's brilliant, good on man. you. Because yeah, that that's just is perfect. It that's is brilliant. My hunter will never use them, but uh, my warlock has been dying for them for days. <laughs> yes, like years even. Like as soon as Arc Buddy was a thing, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. I wish Void and Solar had one. And Void got one. And I'm like, all right, Solar will get one next, right? Right. <laughs> right trip, 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 trip. <laughs> so yeah i will definitely be using solar buddy over Icarus stash and heat rises yeah uh but uh but no so i say thank you for continuing to listen despite our uh yeah our our smack talk against hunters 
Uh, See, and that's what it is. It's not a hatred. Like, we don't hate hunters. You're just no. beneath us. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. Just, I'm so just sorry. Digging I'm, holes. I'm such a. I'm bad. I am so bad. I. I. Yeah. I. I deserve it. All right. Well, the uh, next and final shout out for for this episode comes to us from the Apple Podcasts, um, where we had a uh, All Sir Garnet. Who Ooh. was very kind and left that us a five fancy. star. I uh, and uh, they say this podcast is the highlight of my week because my fire team is just not into the lore of the game. Sadly, I uh, absolutely love your work, and the multi-part episodes are a huge feature to understanding the stories and history around the Destiny universe. Myth and Zorialis have so much enthusiasm for the lore and the game, and it shows in their content through and through. Thank you for making this podcast. I thank I freaking I freaking love it. Yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah. No, I I we definitely have a few like non lore guys in our in our groups. We have a few of them that that listen to the podcast, and like there, I want to say there's a couple of them that are a couple episodes behind, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they they love they love running raids with us and doing raid along. Lore, lore, right along t- style things. Like they'll stop and be like, "Well, what does this mean?" And Myth and I will just go into like this four-hour-long thing, and then they're like, "Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh." Okay, can we kill it now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Does it have loot? Uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, I I definitely have a passion uh, for Destiny. I I again, ever since it was first announced, I I kind of like looked at it and was like, what is this thing? Like, is it going to be something I like? Like, cause I was, I, I honestly was never big into shooters, but, uh, but I, I love, I love sci-fi stuff, just sci-fi in general. Um, and I do, I do love a little bit of magic. And so like destiny, I, I feel like I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That I've found anywhere else that they blend sci-fi and magic. So seamlessly, seamlessly, um, than in destiny. And so, yeah, and then and then of course like the history part of me, the history buff in me is like, oh, there's all these like cool stories of the past and like what does this mean and what does this mean to me today? Like how how does how does this what does this mean to my character? What does this mean as a person? Like it's it's really fun uh to go through stuff like that. And then of course like I said the 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 game itself is just I I I mean, I held Myth and I were able to meet through this game and and bond over it and and I've met so many so many fun people that I that I have become close friends with um through destiny and it's it's just it's an amazing place and i i want to share it with everyone yeah no absolutely i but i'm i'm glad that uh you know we get we can be the the highlight of your week at least for a little bit uh, and we can give you kind of the the lore fix um because definitely yeah we we know we we've been in situations where yeah people are a little more invested in other portions of the game which is fine but uh it's fun to to you know be in the realm of uh people with on the same wavelength so yeah uh but thank yeah. you for for listening and thank you for the review um that is going to be the end of our shout outs for this episode uh if you liked what you heard uh and you want to support us in some way just leaving us a review on your platform of choice goes a long way. Uh, if you feel strongly enough and your platform allows, you can leave a text review. We always love reading those. 
uh, or you can reach out to us at Myths and Stories Z instead of an S on uh, Twitter, and we read those too. And uh, you may see yourself as a future shout out. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I've got to thank you. Um, I'm going to thank uh, Subject John Smith. I'm pretty sure I've called you Bob in the past because I'm pretty sure that's the same one that I determined uh, was stolen from Ishtar Collective and used to build a gate portal for Clovis Bray. Um, but I'm redesignating you. That's not impossible, but... I'm redesignating it. Okay. You can't stop me. This is just a simulation. None of this is real. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything uh, Anything else, Myth? That's it. All righty. Well, then from all of us Lord Daddies to all of you Guardians out there, we'll see you next time.